or stock up both for lunchbox sandwiches and the wonderful holiday snacks you make in a hurry with WCBN FM Ann Arbor. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? Pandora's box, the box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture and celebrations all over the place. And boy, we got a whole big pile of celebrations coming up today, and it's all going to happen in a half hour, so gird yourself. Here it comes. Here's something i just like to tell you about. If you can just get a little close to the radio here, just I have some words for you. There once was a man named Cupid... He shot his arrow at Charles Darwin. He missed. Instead, he hit a punchki. The punchki exploded. And it set off a bunch of Chinese New Year fireworks, thus burning down a Mardi Gras float. And Cupid felt so bad, he put some of the ash on his forehead so he'd remember not to do it again. At least I think that's what happened. Not really sure. But here's the deal. This is a time of year when all kinds of stuff is happening. It's Valentine's Day, it's the Chinese New Year, it's Punchki Day, it's Mardi Gras, it's Ash Wednesday, and don't forget Darwin Day. That's coming up even sooner than all the other ones, but I think it's time we start partying imminently and also right now. This is Buckwheat Side to Go, and here we go. What are you gonna do? Get a get on the line, Sonny, Sonny. 
Okay, now I think things are really starting to happen here. We've got our multiple overstuffed holiday party going on just fine, and don't we need that in the, the month of February? I personally think so. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and that was Buckwheat Zydeco. And as far as I can tell, he's accompanied by a singer named... I had it here. There's some very tiny print on this. Rita Lackey, I believe, is the person singing along with him. This is a kid's CD by Buckwheat Zydeco called Choo Choo Boogaloo. And he's helping to get us ready for Mardi Gras on Tuesday. Buckwheat Zydeco is going to play at the Ark, by the way, on Monday, February 22nd. So the partying won't stop there. Tuesday is Mardi Gras. It's Punchki Day. It's the day before Ash Wednesday. And there's too much going on at once to talk about. But let's do that. Keep talking and see what happens. This Sunday, two big holidays at the same time. Actually, one real one and one fake one. But the real one is the Chinese New Year. It's the year of the tiger. And what does the Chinese character on the tiger's face mean when you look at the sign? You're going to see tiger faces around representing the year of the tiger. And there's a symbol on the face. And the special Chinese character means king. In China, the king, the tiger is king of the jungle, and it's believed that the black stripes and the orange fur illustrate this. This is from about.com where I get this. So, kids' paintings of the beast for New Year's wall decorations, when you look at those drawings, you're bound to see the symbol that means king. And, by the way, the Ann Arbor Chinese Center of Michigan is holding its Chinese Lunar New Year's celebration. That's coming up this Saturday at Washtenaw Community College in the Morris Lawrence Building. There will be children's performances, including a colorful lion's dance, a traditional Chinese orchestra, a kung fu demonstration, Chinese dancers, Chinese yo-yo stunts, and Chinese New Year stories, songs, rhymes, skits, and films. There will also be a market festival with children's games and crafts and Taiwanese snacks. Tickets will be available in advance and at the door. That's at the that's at the Washtenaw Community College in the Morris Lords Building. It's this Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. You can find out more by going to the Ann Arbor Chinese Center of Michigan. That's aaccom.org. One more time, aaccom.org. We're going to spend a lot more time on the wonders of the Chinese New Year and the many, many traditions and foods involved in it, actually in a couple of weeks. The Chinese New Year Day is this Sunday, but the celebrations traditionally go on for quite a while. And so in a few weeks, we're going to have some of our special guests who come by every year. Amy C. Two and Carol Stepanchuk are going to share a lot of Chinese New Year information with us a few weeks from now. In the meantime, Happy Chinese New Year on Sunday just happens to coincide with Valentine's Day. And wouldn't you know, Valentine's Day has its origins in food. That's a big shock, I know. Now, a lot of people say, well, Valentine's Day is totally a construct of a card company that wanted to sell a bunch of cards. I've heard that before, and it may be so, but there are a lot of origins to Valentine's Day before that, and I went to about.com to look that up, too. See, one view on the history of Valentine's Day is the story of Valentine. It's a physician also said to be a gastronomist who made his medicines more palatable by mixing them with herbs, spices, honey, and wine. The doctor was converted to a Christian priest and began treating the blind daughter of one of Emperor Claudius II's prison guards in an attempt to restore her sight. Valentine was incarcerated for his religious beliefs. Did you know all this was to do with Valentine's Day? Wow. And after his refusal to renounce Christianity, was executed by Claudius II on February 14th in the 3rd century. That's romantic, really. Legend has it that he had fallen in love with his patient, Mm. and sent a note to the girl, signed, 
from, from your valentine before his execution. Supposedly, the girl's vision was posthumously restored by his treatment and faith at the very time she was reading his last words. Valentine was canonized by a pope, Gelasius, I believe, in 496, and his feast day was celebrated until its removal in 1969 from liturgical calendars. So there you go. Other historians believe the holiday derives from the Roman festival of Lupercalia, which is celebrated on February 15th. This was a fertility celebration of the Roman god Faunus, the god of flocks and fertility, to ensure fertility and easy births by the women of the community. One custom was for young maidens to write love letters, which would be drawn by unmarried men who subsequently courted the ladies. Now, and valentines in paper form started to appear more and more over the years. In the early 1870s, there was a 19-year-old American woman named Esther Howland who had the idea to produce commercial Valentine cards in America. By the end of the day, she, by the end of the day, well, that was quick. By the end of the decade, she was making over $100,000 a year in 1800s dollars. Then this is beautiful. At the turn of the century, a new form of Valentine's Day card appeared called the Penny Dreadful. They cost only one cent, and they were cheaply made. The artwork was amateurish, and the coloring was uneven. On top of that, the verses printed on them were more often insults, taking swipes at old maids, teachers, and the like. But their low cost kept them popular for years. And from there comes the beautiful, cheesy Valentine's Day cards of today. And that's the history of Valentine's Day in about three minutes. It's all true. Looks like Cupid's getting kind of angry at all this Valentine's Day blasphemy. My name is Cupid Valentino, the modern day Cupid. And I just want to say one thing. Happy Valentine's Day. I don't think y'all heard me. I just want to say happy Valentine's Day. Can y'all dig that? Now, when arrows don't penetrate, see. Cupid drops the pistol. Ah, yeah, now. Now look at here, he shoots straight for your heart. Now, and he won't miss you. But that's alright, y'all won't believe in me anyway, but. You won't believe in me, but you would Now, 
know your hearts have grown cold And that bothers me Now I understand Cause I used to be a bad boy in my day I know you're trying to protect your little feelings But you can't run away Be some kind of player or something? Well, keep on running, player. Cause I got my good shoes on. And I got them tied up tight. So you gonna find out tonight. Okay, Cupid's made his play now. Kind of scary. I mean, wholesome. Wholesome, yeah. So, okay, this is a big-time holiday. We got Mardi Gras, Chinese New Year, Darwin Day. Darwin Day? We'll get to that in a minute. Valentine's Day and Punchki Day. Punchki Day. You know what? Punchki Day is Tuesday. It's the very same day, as a matter of fact, as Mardi Gras. Both of them happening just before Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. And both from traditions, basically, where you try to... Well, ultimately, people end up having as much fun as they can before they're not supposed to anymore. That's that's the um, anthropological description of how they work. Uh, what is a punchki? A punchki, according to Wikipedia, they look kind of like Bismarck's or jelly donuts, but they're made from especially rich dough containing eggs, fats, sugar, and sometimes milk. They're a stomach-exploding Polish wonder. Yes, indeed. Uh, stewed plum jam and wild rosehip jam are traditional fillings. But many others are used as well, including strawberry, Bavarian cream, blueberry, custard, raspberry, and apple. And they didn't mention apricot. I love apricot punchkis. Traditionally, the reason for making punchki was to use up all the lard, sugar, and eggs and fruit in the house because they were forbidden to be consumed during Lent. Now, speaking of holidays, speaking of fun this weekend, this Saturday... Uh Uh-oh, this is in conflict with Chinese New Year. What do we do? This Saturday in Hamtramck, the city of Hamtramck will host the annual Countdown to Punchki Day. This year's events include a free punchki, polka music from Misty Blues, traditional Polish dancers, the punchki toss, the Punchki Express historic bus tour, a visit from the Detroit Tigers mascot, which is a giant punchki, Paws, oh, sorry, Paws is the name of the Detroit Tigers mascot, and much more. Admission is free. This is at the Town Center parking lot in downtown Hamtramck from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. this Saturday. And i got to say one thing, though. A free punchki? What do you mean a free punchki? That's not proper English. Punchki is plural. Punchek. Punchek. And I may even be mispronouncing it, but punchek is singular, just to get that straight. So punchki day, all kinds of stuff happening. It's, it's all too exciting. Everybody, join around. we got food here. <laughs> Salami, Tommy. Give it the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plate, too. Here's cacciatore, Dory. Taste the bologna, Tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. I fix your favorite dishes. 
hoping this good food fills ya. Work my hands to the bone in the kitchen alone. You better eat if it kills ya. Pass me a pancake, Mandrake. Have an undervy, ervy. Look in the fendel, mendel. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Pasta Fazula, Tallulah. Oh, do have a bagel, bagel. Now don't be so bashful, Nashville. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Hey, this is a party, Marty. There, you get the cherry, Jerry. Now look, don't be so picky, Mickey. 'Cause everybody eats when they come to my house. All of my friends are welcome. Don't make me coax you, moax you. Eat the tables, the chairs, the napkins. Who cares? You gotta eat if it chokes you. Oh, do have a knish, knisha. Pass him the latke, matke. Chili con carne for Bonnie. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Face, Buster, share, chops, thump. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Hey, thank you, Cab Calloway. Don't be so bashful, Nashville. I think I'm going to use that next time I try it out at a bar. <laughs> like that's going to work.、Uh, but that was Cab Calloway. He could pull it off. That was from a collection called "Are You Hep to the Jive?" and that was "Everybody Eats When They Come to My House." And this big house called a multiple weekend with tons and tons of holidays is an exciting time. Now move over Ash Wednesday, Mardi Gras Day, Punchki Day. Don't move over Chinese New Year because that's totally awesome. But move over Valentine's Day. Tomorrow is Darwin Day. This is very exciting news. The International Darwin Day Foundation website. I wrote Foundation here because it's just so much fun. I guess DarwinDay.org says Darwin Day is a global celebration of science and reason. Woohoo! That's fun. Held on or around February twelfth, the birthday anniversary of evolutionary biologist Charles Darwin. This year, 2010, marks the 201st anniversary of Charles Darwin's birth. Now, you should know this. I found some interesting articles about Charles Darwin and food. Shocking that I actually did that. But this is let's see. First of all, Charles Darwin's wife made a cookbook. This is a fact, containing recipes created by his wife. The book is called Mrs. Charles Darwin's Recipe Book. So, what sustained him? There are guides to making such Victorian favorites as broiled mushrooms and. Penalty pudding. Traditionally festive recipes include baked apple pudding, cranberry sauce, and compote of apples and Italian cream. It also contains, other than Emma Darwin's original recipes, it contains instructions for cooking rice written by Charles Darwin himself. Lady Bateson, who was involved with the book, said it's good family cooking designed to feed a large household. You see, everybody eats when they came to her house. Darwin had a lot of illnesses. And she says there's a lot of evidence that suggests he wouldn't have survived 
without Emma Darwin being there to prop him up and keep him going. So it could be that our civilization depended on the recipes of Emma Darwin. Meanwhile, this is an article from The Observer in 2003 that says that Darwin was an unusual gourmet, yet a distinctly scientific approach to eating, what a surprise, and was never more satisfied than when digesting the rarest species known to the palate. As a student at Cambridge, Darwin presided over the Glutton Club, which met weekly in order to seek out and eat strange flesh. Should this be a Halloween show? No, that's coming up later this year. They tried hawk and bittern, but the gluttons chickened out after digesting a particularly stringy old brown owl, deciding to concentrate their studies on the effects of the port accompanying their meat instead. Perfectly logical conclusion, scientifically found. Perhaps saddened by his fellow students' lack of inquisitiveness, Darwin was comforted once he set sail on the beagle. I don't know what that means. I think he set sail on a giant beagle on the water. So there it is. He set sail on the beagle where he was willingly fed armadillos, which he said taste and look like duck, and an unnamed 20-pound chocolate-colored rodent. (laughs) I'd like to order an unnamed 20-pound chocolate-colored rodent, please, which he announced was the best meat I ever tasted. His only culinary and professional faux pas was one Christmas when he realized that the fowl he was eating was an extremely rare patisse. Darwin jumped up in the middle of the meal and tried to scrape together the remaining wing, head, and neck for experiments. This really should be the Halloween show. This is, Darwin has to say this about monkeys and food. An American monkey, after getting drunk on brandy, would never touch it again, and thus is much wiser than most men. That makes as much sense as it does, and I think he said that while he was on the Beagle. The Beagle, which is what he wrote on it. It's in, yeah. So, speaking of events this weekend, it never stops. The fun never stops. Actually, starting Friday night at the Maple Art Theater in... Uh-oh. I think it's Bloomfield Hills. At the Maple Art Theater in, I think, Bloomfield Hills is... A movie called Creation. It's described here as a UK movie from last year. The extraordinary story of Charles Darwin and how his masterwork, The Origin of Species, came to light. It tells of a global revolution played out in the confines of a small English village, which apparently had a giant beagle, a passionate marriage torn apart by the most provocative idea in history, evolution, and a theory saved from extinction by the logic of a child. A theory saved from extinction by the logic of a child creation. Sorry. John Colley wrote the screen adaptation based on the book Annie's Box by Randall Keynes, who is the great-great-grandson of Charles Darwin. It's described by director John Emiel as part ghost story, part psychological thriller, and part heart-wrenching love story. I think this really actually is the Halloween show. I'm not really sure. But Darwin Day is tomorrow, celebrating the 201st birthday of Charles Darwin. And I should mention before I go, Arwolf is going to help us face the music in just a few moments. But in the meantime, we are going to take a moment to think about some of the strange creakers, creakers, the strange creakers, the strange creakers, the strange creatures that have existed on this world. This was from the National Geographic News in December 2009. An ancient dwarf whale unearthed in southeastern Australia captured its prey by slurping up mouthfuls of mud, according to a new study. The fossil whale was thought to be between 25 and 28 million years old. The fossil hints that mud sucking might have been a precursor to the filter feeding used by today's baleen whales. 
Many modern whale species use hair-like structures called baleen to filter tiny prey, such as krill, from seawater. Baleen species include the humpback and the largest animal ever to have lived on Earth, the blue whale. The newfound fossil whale is just nine feet long. The tiny whale also had teeth, though. The odd combination suggests that the dwarf whale might have been adept at feeding on larger, chewier prey from the seafloor, Mmm, chewy, using its tongue and facial muscles to vacuum along the sandy bottom, the study authors say. Ah, mud-sucking whales. Where do you go from there? This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for nearly a half an hour. Face the Music with Arwolf is just a moment. Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Happy Chinese New Year. Happy Darwin Day. Happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Punchki Day. And happy Mardi Gras. And then some. We're going to go out with a special song to celebrate Darwin Day. This is a song originally done by Mr. Louis Prima, but done quite wonderfully by Los Lobos. Los Lobos. Good Lord. What's happening to me? Los Lobos do this tune, uh, which is called I Want to Be Like You. Perhaps you might recognize it. Thinking of the special monkey, the American monkey. Where, let me find this Darwin quote one more time that he said, because it, it has special relevance An American monkey, after getting drunk on brandy, would never touch it again and thus is wiser, much wiser, than most men. Los Lobos, take it away. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you.
7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3. Uh, microns, I guess. This is Face the Music. It's a show about music and the human race. We'd like to begin with a medley of themes played by Wendy May Chambers on the car horn organ. This dates from 1982. She's going to play, um, let's see, The Star-Spangled Banner, Dixie, When Johnny Comes Marching Home, and then something called an improvisation. Make sure we're at the correct revolutions per minute here. Four pieces for car horn organ. This might be a little bit shrill. (laughs) It's all in a day's work here at WCBN-FM. (laughs) 